Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every day at this time with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle. If you guys have questions for John, you can text those in. Again, a new text number, 206-421-3776. That's 206-421-ESPN. Text your questions into that number. We'll try to get to some of those. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Well, bad news. You know, it's funny. I sent these guys an article last night in our show email. Mm-hmm. It was a little story that said the Seahawks brought in two cornerbacks and a tight end that they were looking at. No, nobody of big name. And I, and I jokingly said, well, why would they bring in a tight end? They don't throw to the ones that they've got. Well, now we see that uh, there's a concern at tight end because Gerald Everett has been placed on the COVID list. He has tested positive for COVID. Yeah, and that's huge because uh, normally you're going to be out 10 days, so there's a good chance he's going to miss the Ram game too. Uh, now, again, what hap- happens is that uh, if he gets uh, lucky and has two positive tests, he can shorten it and maybe there for the Ram game. But, you know, to lose a $6 million tight end like that at a crucial time of the season is not good. Yeah. Well, and we were looking, you know, he got five targets, John. The other thing I like about him is, you see, he's got some dog in him. He was fighting, you know, yeah, with uh, yeah. trying to get extra yardage. So I-, I would say that aside, he has worked out really well. Yeah, he so really far. has. Yeah, and, and and again, he fits in so nicely because uh, the offensive coordinator, I mean, he was a tight end coach when he came into the league, coached him up, got up to 41 yeah. catches last year, and he's a good, good player. How about uh, our guy Richard Sherman signing a, well, it looks like a $2.25 million contract to join yeah, the Bucks. it's like, again, it's like oh, a, you're not trusting it's the not number. It's not really 2.25. Yeah, it's like it maxes out at 2.25. It's basically one year, I think, uh, $1,350,000. You know what? Next time, John, I'm going to say, looks like uh, Richard Sherman signed with the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I won't say for how much. But, yeah, what do you think? It, it, I mean, I was saying this earlier, like, I don't care if Sherman has lost a step even. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he runs a four eight forty, if you get in the right place and you you know, you know, where to drop and you can sometimes hide those guys, you know, you don't want to put him in a man to man situation with some speedster or something. I feel like he can bring a team like the Bucks a lot and and could have done a lot here actually well and of course i mean similar situation down in tampa bay except that the, they have injuries because uh you know uh, sean uh, murphy bunting you know he's on injured reserve and then uh you know their other cornerback he he's hurt and he's not going to play for a couple of weeks but they're young cornerbacks and of course what does richard sherman do well now with young cornerbacks and that's why he could have been here and helped us out now i guess the idea was that they didn't get interested in him until late and i don't know if it's because of the past it was because of the you know incident that he had this off season the problems that he's had this whole off season maybe that was the case but i think that uh, you can see that uh, you know they talked about the idea yeah we're we, we're interested in uh, richard sherman but it really wasn't until uh, this week and all of a sudden tampa bay comes up scoops him up and he's there how much are you looking forward to that game? It's obviously getting a ton of hype. You know, the the reunion, if you mm-hmm. will, of Tom Brady and Belichick, the Patriots playing host to the Buccaneers on Sunday night football. I'm sure the ratings will be off the chart. What do you are you excited for it? What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I'm excited for it because I think what you're looking at is that uh, it's you know one of the more interesting games of the year. Now, the only thing that's you know, and of course, uh, you know, I'm neutral because I'm a reporter, but uh, you know, like. 
if you're a uh, non-Patriot fan, now, you know, Maura Dooley's not going to be supporting this, but it's like if you don't like the Patriots, you want Tom to go in there and blister them because uh, the fact that, you know, and, and, and I know that Seth Wickersham did a great, great book on uh, <clears throat> the Patriot way and all the different things that went into Tom Brady leaving and all the intricacies, you know, how Robert Kraft, you know, he, he, he does, he's not a big uh, guy in enjoying having Bill Belichick as his coach. And, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there, there's, and obviously because, you know, we're, we're on the, I, I don't want to get us off the air, but I mean, he made an amazing statement to at an owner's meeting to one of the other owners uh, talking about uh, Belichick and saying, you know, how bad he is to be with. Really? That's oh, interesting. Yeah. You get, you're getting Super Bowl title after Super Bowl title, but mm-hmm. man, this, this guy, I can't stand being around him. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I think what you what you, you can also look at is that, uh, and you can see it in all his assistant coaches that got head coaching jobs. I mean, they're all in the same vein. You know, maybe Brian Flores is different, and he probably is. But I mean, they all go there, and you know, they make life miserable for the players. And you know, uh, Flores looks like he's the one exception. You know, Bill O'Brien to a certain degree was an exception too. But uh, I mean, Matt Patricia. I mean, how bad was he as far as uh, dealing with people? It's like, uh, you know, he would rip Jamie Collins, and it's like he's just, it was brutal. And now he's back in New England. And so it's like, uh, ugh, you just shake your head. But, yeah, I think that the interest in that game is certainly on Brady because the, the thing that's been so fascinating about Brady, particularly this year, is how open he's been. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, before he was so benign on any of his opinions. Right. We just didn't. Yeah, just didn't say much and all those different things. And, you know, he's kind of talked around things, which, of course, he's very good at doing because he's so intelligent. But, uh, you know, now it's like, hey, the league's screwing this up on football here because they're making too soft of a game. I mean, I don't like having uh, players change their numbers like they have. It's hard for quarterbacks to be able to figure things out and players to be able to figure things out. I mean, he's so open right now in talking about any subject that you got to love it. Yeah, he's he's definitely be, be, become much more likable. But back to back to Belichick for yeah. a moment. We always talk about Pete's age and how long is he going to coach? He's seventy now. Belichick's what sixty eight? I think sixty eight. Yeah. How long do you think he coaches? Well, it was interesting because you know when with because uh, I know that uh, next week we're going to have Seth on the show because again I work with him on, you know, on the podcast, but because I, I work with him at ESPN and you know he's such a you know because we were both working on ESPN the magazine and uh, he's going to be on, but uh, you know there's some growing thought uh, based on what uh, Seth was picking up that if he if he doesn't make the playoffs this year. He could be in trouble, which is amazing when you think about it, because, you know, you can see, you know, and see if you can just dig through Twitter and take a look at some of the, uh, you know, the, the quotes and things like that. Because, again, you'll, you'll love the one that he says about Belichick and what he's what he's like to be with. Uh, and, you know, the, he you know, Seth gets the idea that if if it doesn't go well this year and right now they're one and two with a great young rookie quarterback, you know, he could be in trouble. All right, I got to look this up because it's obviously something you can't say on the air, and it's well. I can, I can let's put it this way: I can say it, but we won't be on the air. <laughs> <laughs> you will be fired because we'll you be used 
different words? <laughs> Could you use? No, let's, let's just. Yeah. All right. Just, I, I don't, just, just look it up. I don't trust John. <laughs> no, look, look it up. Look it up. You don't think John could replace those words? Uh, he's just going to spit it well, out. Well, he's a wordsmith, I know, but he also is, you know, from Pennsylvania. And I don't trust no, John. I'm kidding. Well, I mean, yeah. I grew up in a ghetto, so it's like uh, I certainly know how to say bad words. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, yes, we're going to leave it alone. Tom. Yeah. Tom Brady is number one as far as the NFL rankings. We're looking at the quarterbacks yeah. here, John. So your top five, Brady, Dak Prescott. How about that? Yeah. 77.5%. I'm happy for him. Six touchdowns, two interceptions. But then it goes Derek Carr, mm-hmm. which, you know, like I said, he's on pace for 7,000 yards. Um, and then it goes Matthew Stafford and then Aaron Rodgers. But, boy, Mahomes bounced out. He's number six. Justin Herbert's seven. He's gone down. He's only gone down one spot. But Russ is number eleven I know. out of the top ten. John Kyler Murray at nine, according to them. Do you and how do you does think? that happen? Because I mean, am I correct in saying that uh, Russ has not thrown an interception yet? You he are has correct. Not. He yeah. has not thrown one. How does that happen with his high completion percentage? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's seventy three percent. Right now, and then you know, it's funny. You look at these numbers, and you're right, John. You would think there's nothing wrong. And really, I don't think, you know, to me it was more about the defense, obviously. But, obviously. You know, but the offense, I mean, you you look at um, Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. He's the sixth leading rusher in the NFL. Does it feel like that? I'll ask you, Bob. Does it no. feel like he's number six? <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. And also, you know, with the uh, with the 17-game schedule, John, it's uh, 59 yards mm-hmm. a game get you 1,000, which I think we need to up that to like 1,100 or something as far as a standard goes. But – yeah, it's just weird that uh, that he's at eleven and down seven spots when, like you said, he didn't really he didn't lose that game. Well, for the running, it's amazing to think that uh, you know there's only been I think uh, I'm, I'm maybe overstating it like eleven uh, hundred yard rushers so far hundred hundred yard games, and game, that's in three yeah. weeks. That's in forty eight games. It's like what? Well, one of them's Alexander Madison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> one, of, one of them's Derek. Uh, and Derek, the other one's Derek Henry. Derek Henry's done it a couple times. Right. John, what's your level of confidence going into the game this weekend for the Seahawks? Mm, I'm shaky. Yeah. I am shaky. Now, again, uh, I'm also shaky about the 49ers because of their injury situation because they're vulnerable with two spots. I mean, the big one is going to be in the secondary, you know, because, uh, you know, they don't have Jason Verrett. You know, Quam Alexander is one of the better slot cornerbacks is going to miss the game. You know, uh, Emmanuel Mosley is playing through a knee injury, so but he'll be out there. And then, uh, you know, they picked up Josh Norman, and he's he was got a bleeding lung. So uh, is he, uh, they think he's going to be able to play, but, uh, you know, bloody lung. And then the other area is the running back situation because, you know, they're down their top three running backs, and their fourth and fifth running backs are all banged up. All right, John, when, uh, as far as the projection of these young quarterbacks, who do you think at the end of the year ends up having the best season? We obviously saw Fields really mm-hmm. struggle. What did they put up, 47 yards? Was that? Was 40. That? Yeah, 1.1 yeah. 1. 1 1 yard yeah. per play. 1.1 1. Right. 1 yard, and he, he threw for 40 with a 7QBR. Uh, Okay. Yeah. And sacks. Nine sacks. Nine sacks. Yeah, nine sacks. Yeah. I was telling Dave during the break that I was watching somebody go through the montage of those sacks, John. Yeah. And they pointed out one where Jermaine Fetty was somehow flat on his back and his guy running right by him. And it just – I reminisced with Dave about how, how wonderful, how wonderful yeah. that was when that was going on here. 
Yeah, but of course, I mean, the big thing with Fermin Effetti, I mean, he wasn't, he didn't hit the ground too much. He was too busy uh, getting penalties. Yeah, that's the other part. He would hang on to a guy's foot as he was. Oh yeah, by yeah, yeah no doubt jersey. about it. Yeah, so it's like uh, the penalties were so big with him, so that that wasn't good. But uh, no, I think it's kind of kind of scary to see where it is. But I, I think, I mean, obviously, the best quarterback performing. Uh, unless we get to see Trey Lance is going because again you look at you know, who's the better teams. I mean you got Trevor Lawrence on a bad Jacksonville team. You got Zach Wilson on a bad Jet team. You've got uh, Davis Mills on a bad Houston team. So there there's no hope there. Chicago's got the bad offensive line, so that affects Fields. So that leaves one guy, Mac Jones. Yeah. Well, and Davis Mills, what, what round was he drafted? I think what third Is he third yeah, second or third. third second or third wouldn't that be crazy if that's the guy of all these quarterbacks that ends up being being the number one rookie at the end of the year could well, be well i mean you know, obviously this in russell wilson's 2012 season you know obviously andrew luck was there so uh you know andrew i mean wilson took the number two role but uh, you know you even go back to 2011 you know it was uh, cam newton and andy dalton coming off uh you know lockouts and uh dalton was a number two second round pick hey john are the are the bears going to move out of soldier field uh, it looks like I read that story today, and it looks, according to the story, they're making progress on a new location. It'd, mm-hmm. be, it'd be weird for them not to play there, even though, you know, they, they had just redone it when I moved to Chicago, and they, yeah. it, it looks ridiculous from the outside. Well, I mean, what, they put $175 million into Arlington Park, so you have to think there's some seriousness in trying to, uh, you know, get something going there. But here's the other interesting aspect, and I don't have, I have no idea as far as the validity of it. But, uh, you know, a couple people down in Jacksonville are starting to circulate that Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, who's an Illinois grad and a big Chicago fan, not Bears fan, but a Chicago, you know, the city fan, uh, he may think about moving his team to Soldier Field. Hmm. Hey, John, uh, I, I Wait, feel like... Wait, the Jags would leave Jacksonville and play in Chicago and then... Two Chicago teams, yeah. And the Bears would... So you'd have two teams in Chicago? Yeah. Well, well, there's two teams in L.A. and there's two two teams in, uh, you know, New Jersey. The Chicago Jaguars. This feels weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, maybe they can. Can they get like a suburb of Chicago, like no, that's, that's, Napier? That's, that's, or? The, 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 well, no, yeah. the, the suburb is uh, basically you know where the Bears are thinking about moving to. Yeah, they're going to the burbs. Soldier Fields in the city. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. I mean, Boy, in fact, there's, 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 there's even some thought that uh, that uh, Khan would help invest in a new stadium down by Soldier Field. And this is a team that was going to move to London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they want to be anywhere but Jacksonville, apparently. Well, yeah, mean, just anywhere. The, 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 no, the, rev, the revenue in Jacksonville is tough. I mean, now it's becoming an older stadium. I mean, he's put a lot of – and again, to Chad Khan's credit, I mean, he's put a lot of money into around the stadium, you know, just trying to upgrade all those different things. He, so he's, he's invested pretty nicely, and maybe this is just a thing to get some more things going uh, down in Jacksonville for him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there, I, and again, how valid this is, I have no idea, but it's certainly on the, on the topics. It's kind of interesting because in 95, which was my last year, that was a, the first year yeah. for Jacksonville and Carolina. And I think we played at Clemson Stadium in the preseason against the Jaguars. But now when you go down there, John, for the um, – I don't know if you went down there in 2017. Mm-hmm, I did. Or, yeah. I mean, you walk around the downtown area, and it's just kind of surprising that at one point somebody thought this is the kind of city that should have an NFL team. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty – pretty depressed area 
Well, just like, for example, I mean, not only did that uh, that that look shaky, because, again, it's just not, uh, you know, a big area downtown. But also, I mean, how about the fact that they had the Super Bowl, that they didn't have enough hotels for the Super Bowl? And what they had to end up doing was get boats. And so wow. it's like, uh, you know, people had to you know stay a week in a boat just to be able to uh, you know, attend the game and go to all the events and things of that nature. And so all these boats were out there. Yeah, you ever sleep in a boat like a friend's boat? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's it's cramped. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not it's not good. So, I mean, these these are luxury boats. For yeah, the most but part, still, so. yeah. is it moving? Do you get seasick? What's going on there? Well, well they're they're, do- they're they're docked, so it's not like I mean, let's put it this way: it's not like they're out there in the water, you know, just driving around and. No, uh, no I those. got you, but they're still, you know, they yeah, can be yeah. a little yeah, way, a little bit moving. of a, It's kind of soothing. That okay, part. all right. Yeah, I remember being on a, a cruise ship, and then once you get on the ground, once you get used to it, you get your yeah. sea legs, then you get on the ground, and all of a sudden you feel you weird. You feel like you're moving. Yeah. yeah. I think I do remember back when, I don't know, it was probably my early teens, my mom took me, uh, we went on a cruise ship and all that stuff. And, I mean, it was nice because, again, I mean, you're out there and uh, you, you've got, uh, there's all, there's food like crazy. I mean, you, you walk around the outside because at least it's warm enough to be able to do it even though you're in the water. I mean, it was kind of nice, but, uh, you know, since then I've never been on one. John, a couple of uh, back-to-back texts asking about K.J. Wright and wondering about, A, do you think his impact uh, is being missed on the Seahawks defense? And another one basically saying, uh, I think K.J. has given the Raiders defense that veteran leadership they've been missing. What do you Mm -hmm. think? I think so. I mean, I think in both cases, yes. Because, I mean, and this is no knock on Cody Barton or Jordan Brooks or anything of that nature. But I think, you know, K.J. would have been so valuable in the, uh, the games against Tennessee and Minnesota because he's so good at stopping. Dropping the run, he's got great mobility, great leadership, all those different things. He's good dropping into coverage. That makes me wonder, you know, is one of the next moves for Seattle? And I'll throw this by Dave and Bob here. It's like, uh, should they go for Jamie Collins? And I say yes. Wow, you know, I haven't really thought of that. I mean, you talked about him being lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I feel like they have the talent at linebacker. It's it's about the errors. Mm-hmm. My gosh. Especially in pass coverage, yeah, yeah, it, it was it was horrible. So, you know, and and here's the the question I was going to ask you: the Vikings now, I, I'm they're at home against the Browns, and I'm thinking, I think they're a good team. I mean, you look yeah. at the two losses where you know it was uh, the fumble at the end in overtime against Cincinnati and the missed field goal against Arizona. But was that just because the Seahawks made him look good? I wonder. I don't know that that offense, and I'm I'm becoming much more of a Kirk Cousins believer. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they made Kirk Cousins look great because again, he you know had as strong of a performance as maybe Dak Prescott, and he was just uh, I mean very few incompletions, and he was you know able to get the ball basically wherever he wanted it. And yeah, so it's not like great. he was throwing it in tight windows. No, these no. were wide open mm-hmm, bay windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, John, uh, another intriguing matchup, NFC West matchup. The Cardinals on the road, 3-0, and taking on the 3-0 and Rams at SoFi Stadium. What do you think? Mm, I mean, the way the Rams are playing right now, you got to favor them. But Arizona's doing so well, too. And it's a great matchup. I mean, you know, Matthew Stafford has looked fantastic in his first three games. And Kyler Murray's been great, too. And so uh, uh, both teams are struggling with their running game because, you know, you got uh, Donnie Henderson seeming like he's always hurt. I mean, they don't have Cam Akers. You know, Arizona, it's like name their starting running back. It's like, was it uh, Chance Edmonds or something like that? Oh, Chase Edmonds. 
Edmonds. Yeah, is Chase, it Chance or Chase? Chase probably. Yeah, Chase, yeah, Chase, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, yeah, Chase Chase Edmonds. So it's like they're not real big in that area, but they've got good receivers. Maybe they're not great at tight end. I mean, I think you know Rams are better with Higby at tight end. But uh, overall, I think that what you're looking at is that uh, that should be a, a great, great game. What do you think people in Kansas City are thinking, John? One and two there, the two losses to not bad teams. Mm-hmm. You know, you lose to the Chargers at home, which, yeah, that was that kind of hurts. But then, you know, the other loss was to Baltimore. What do you think's going on? What's being said there? I mean, I think it's the same thing that was being said the first two weeks in Minnesota where it's close, but uh, the mistakes or whatever ended up hurting him. Because, again, I mean, you go back to the game two weeks ago and, you know, you got uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing a fourth-quarter interception that was bad. And despite that, they're driving down against Baltimore for what's going to be the game-winning field goal. And what ends up happening is that uh, Clyde Edward-Hilaire fumbles and that killed that drive for a field goal drive. And it was the same thing last week. You know, here in the critical part of the fourth quarter where they had a chance to come back and win it, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fumbles. And this is a guy who didn't fumble last year. He's a former first-round pick. Yeah, but they could say on the other side, I mean, they lost – I'm sorry, they beat um, Cleveland 33-29, mm-hmm. to 29, but Cleveland was driving uh, in the fourth quarter there. I think uh, Mayfield got picked off. But, right. Yeah, you could say, mm, it's not like the, the win that they had was, like, super dominant. No, no, And that was true. at home, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, John, do you think is – there, is there anything that could happen this year if the Packers won the Super Bowl, would Aaron Rodgers stay, or do you think this is it? I no, think this regardless. is it. Regardless. Yeah, I think this is it. doesn't think, matter how much success nah, they have. Nah. That, that bridge is burned. No, because I think what he's looking at – and I mean, you, you heard it in his opening press conference – he said, we've let too many good players go. And he went even back in history and talked about uh, Charles Woodson and talked about guys that hadn't been there for like eight, ten years and stuff like that. <clears throat> so you can see that, you know, Mark Murphy's one of the guys he's not trusting and he's not trusting the general manager. And, you know, they've got they got some big free agents coming up, Devontae Adams and David Bakhtiari. And, you know, I mean, you look at their offensive line and, I mean, say what you want, you can't even name them. Uh, and you look at the linebacking core, and sure, they've got uh, you know Zedarius Smith, but then he's on injured reserve, and I don't know when he's going to come back. And he's—I'm sure that Aaron's looking, even though defensively I think they're ranked ninth. But you can see that uh, they're not the same defense; they're not as good. Yeah. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Download the podcast at Seven Ten Sports. Dot com. Who was well, that last guy? Zadaria Smith. Okay. Yeah. I missed it. <laughs> uh, it is Washington Wednesday. We'll take a look at why the Huskies' path to the conference title might be easier than you might think. That's coming up next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.